Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Jesse. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, I'm just terrific. Fine and dandy. Just great. <laughs> Effing marvellous, I think is what mm-hmm. they call it, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I got Adam. Oh, you right? Yeah, good. And, go on, sorry. Ah, uh, just good. See, good. I sorry, there was a question. Let me answer. Yeah, I got all Andrew Marr on Theresa May on it, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, and making his first appearance of the season, we've got Justin, who survived a hurricane. Uh, yeah, it, it more or less missed us in the end, so uh, we were fortunate. Well, you're picking twigs out your hair and leaves off your jacket, brushing them off, and you drained the lake, didn't you? And this is yeah, like proper frontiersman stuff. We drained the lake. Yeah, I mean, we 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 live on a lake, and so there was a a, a quite reasonable concern that the lake could consume us if we took a direct hit from the hurricane. Um, so the lake itself is part of a reservoir system, and ours a, a higher one drains into ours, and ours drains into a lower one. So we drained ours completely down, almost completely down. There was still enough water for the fishies to survive. And then uh, we didn't get much in the way of rain in the end. I mean, you're pretty much Grizzly Adams at this point, aren't you? Yeah, I can. I could. Uh, well, I, I could probably make friends with a bear. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I struggle when my bath gets blocked, so I, could, I don't think I could ever deal with draining a lake. Is, is Grizzly Adams the one that eats, like, you know, moss off the tree, but also, like, lugs? He was a proper sort of... Was he fictional or was he real? I can't remember. But he was like some sort of 18th century, 19th century trapper or something, wasn't he? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. Bear Grylls. You're thinking of Bear Grylls. No, no, no. You're <laughs> you young, thinking of Bear Grylls. Uh, Grizzly Adams was a TV show in the 70s. Wasn't it Merlin Olsen? Was he yeah. was Merlin yeah, yeah, former NFL player, great big bear of a man who lived in um, um, out in nature and was a woodsman and all that, so yeah. Oh, no, I was 100% thinking Bear Grylls, who we then found out slept in hotels. Different <laughs> guy, yeah, yeah. Do that. Fair enough. Right, we're going to talk about the Champions League this week, uh, Premier League, Europa League, a tiny little bit, and other bits of Bob. So first of all, uh, we're going to start at Wembley, I'm afraid, Jesse. Oh, what a beautiful pitch. Uh, yeah, Spurs to Barcelona 4. Um, Barcelona took, I think they, they take a 2-0 lead before... Uh, 1 minute 36 seconds. 1 minute 36 two. seconds, yeah. Uh, Harry Kane scored for Barcelona. He's now level on Champions League goals with John Terry. He scored for Tottenham. I don't think John Barcelona. Terry scored for Barcelona goals. No, he didn't. Sorry, he scored for Tottenham. So, let's start at about 1 minute 30 seconds, shall we, Justin? <laughs> You're our blue-ticked verified goalkeeper here. Hugo Lloris, what was going through his head as he decided to run out and 
He must have thought, he, yeah, he must have thought he could play the ball first. There's the only reason you'd leave your box to, to, especially at that angle, a ball down the channel rather than sort of directly threatening goal is, is if he felt he could get the first touch and belt it into, into row X. Um, he was badly wrong, unfortunately for him, and he's really, really quite unlucky because it was a very tidy finish from Coutinho and very nearly missed. And had he missed, then that, that mad dash would have been completely forgotten. And I, as evidence, I point you to the fact that Ederson did this the day before uh, for Man yes, City did. and was, was beaten to a ball well outside his box, and it didn't result in a goal. And uh, more or less was uh, immediately forgotten. So Hugo was not, not so fortunate. Um, and I certainly felt for him. We've all, anyone that's played in goal has thought, yeah, that's my ball. And it turned out not to have been your ball so it's, it's it. It, yes, in all in all honesty in, in the in the area that you played justin did you ever think that that ball out there was your ball no really yeah exactly i mean again it was a, a, an angled ball it was a brilliant ball from Messi, and it was an unbelievable performance from him overall um we'll get to that i'm sure but um yeah it, it's uh, you know as i said it's out in the channel and it's not even even if there's no defenders getting to it you would you would still want to play it as a goalkeeper and and as the attacker if he gets a touch and comes into the box then you'd go confront him and you still have the the capacity to use your hands as a goalkeeper and deal with a one v one from an angle it's still not that threatening especially with defenders getting back so it was an impulsive decision that I'm sure he he immediately regretted. Do you think he yeah. felt he needed to play the part of like Adam and Justin here and be the cynical one? I can't believe this is happening. But oh Adam don't make that face. Come on. Oh please. I I mean my father was a professional goalkeeper and but has always maintained and Justin you can disagree that most goalies harbor a a, a deep ingrained desire to play forward at some point in their lives. So perhaps, perhaps Lloris, I don't know, really wanted to to pass the ball to Messi or Kane or something. And I could I could give him that if it had happened once. But it happened twice in one match and he did not learn from his mistakes. Had it just happened that one time that led to the Coutinho goal? Maybe. But that second time when Messi was on rushing right into the box and he decided to, like, for whatever reason, come racing out with his goobling, gumbling, bumbling feet and try to pass it to Suarez. I don't know what the F was happening, only to be saved by Alderweireld two times in one game. I cannot forgive. Okay, Adam, do you think that with his time out of the game recently, his off-the-field issues, he's ricking the World Cup final, he's lost his place through injury or whatever to Michel Vorman, Gazinija, whatever his name is. Um, don't laugh, Jesse. Um, do you felt that? Do you think that he thought this is his stage against Barcelona and he has to make a statement to prove he's number one and he did something like that on purpose, premeditated? I don't know if it's that necessarily but not playing for a while there is sometimes a, a level of anxiety to get yourself involved to get back in it um and it takes patience as a goalkeeper because the game might not come to you for a while and so maybe that was something you know you might not be a million miles off there chris i don't i don't think he necessarily feels his his position is threatened michelle vorm is not going to do that um 
thought I thought Gazaniga did well in the in the Carabao Cup stuff, and and uh, but but Larice has been unchallenged as number one since he's since he took over from Brad Friedel, which seems many many a year ago now. Uh, I can't I can't work out if Chris is trying to allude to a point made by Lindsay Hooper on the Totally Football Show, which if he is, I thought actually was a particularly good point. That, I forgot she made it to be honest. <laughs> that more. Uh, sort of a hybrid of the, the points that have been made that um, with with his time out of the game he actually you spend your time watching Edison and Allison and think I need to be even more like that because that's the way the position's going and then you get your opportunity 90 seconds in and that's what you do okay well sorry just because before we move on um, just the last word on Hugo Lloris he's the only player in the last three seasons uh, in the Premier League with um, oh, what have I written down? Only player in the last three years in the Premier League with double figures. At... Oh. Do you, Ross, I reckon he should type these up. I don't know what you think. You can let us know on Twitter. He is the only person. On Instagram, so we could try to read them. So he's the double figures. It would say like, you know, double spaghettis, and it would be like a Mad Libs of sorts. I will get to this. He's the only player in the last three years in the Premier League um, with. Errors totaling double figures that have led to goals. If you see what I mean, there. You're shaking. Your I'm a little. That, that statistic is dubious to me because a human is judging what constitutes an error, and I, I know some of the people that are involved in that. Um, I always point people to Sam Jackson on Twitter. He does a very good job. He watches every single goalkeeper action, goal save, distribution, cross, whatever it might be. He watches them all. Um, and he makes a judgment personally, and he has uh, rankings and things based on that. Um, and I think he's a, quite a good judge of these things. But but the statistic you're referring to, Chris, let's just take it at face value and say there is such a thing in every single case as mistake or not a mistake. Um, that doesn't. It's not great. To, to you know that it doesn't. It, it's not great. But he does play a high risk style of goalkeeping, and and. He eliminates, uh, 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 David Priest pointed this out one time, goalkeepers that, that do try to come for a lot of balls like that, and you may remember as a young man, Bruce Grubelar, doing this for Liverpool. Jens Lehmann did it for Arsenal last decade. Goalkeepers who are very proactive and try to play balls outside of the box or try to come for a lot of crosses will make more mistakes than goalkeepers who don't who play a low-risk, a sort of Shea Given style where they never leave their line. The thing that's almost impossible to quantify is in the long run and in the bigger picture, all the balls that they're taking action on successfully that we don't really notice, how many of those may have led to goals um, with a side that had a goalkeeper who didn't intervene in that in that case. So, yeah, that statistic doesn't look great for Hugo, uh, but he's he's always used his foot speed as, as, a, as a weapon, and he, he backs himself to get to balls. Uh, and he does a lot, and it's just hard to know. You know, it's hard to quantify how often that works out on his team's behalf. Um, we obviously notice it when it doesn't work out. It's it's kind of painful when it doesn't work out. It's it's also the it's also the sort of the distance that the defensive line can play up the pitch that with a shake given they wouldn't be able to play, which affects everything from where Tottenham press the ball, where they win the ball back. It, yeah, this this is exactly right. I mean, this is why, not to jump tracks, but that's one reason Allison is Klopp wanted him particularly. He didn't just want an upgrade uh, on his on the goalkeepers he had last season. He wanted one that would let give cover to to pressing high as Liverpool do, 
um, meaning there's less space to, to catch them out and play in behind. So, you know, the Reese does give you that, that capability to play higher up the pitch uh, in midfield for Spurs, and it just it comes at a price every now and then. I think it's um, that, like, we've so spent, we, spent, we spent 10 minutes talking about Hugo Lloris, and we've got another whole <laughs> podcast to go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you can talk about Hugo Lloris, Jesse, if you can tell me. Uh, Eric Lamella scored the 8,000th goal in the Champions League. If you can give me all 7,999 others, you can talk about Hugo Lloris. Sure. Is that what you want to spend the rest of the pod doing? 104 <laughs> of them are Messi's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's talk about Messi, shall we? Um, uh, people are very much waxing lyrical over this uh, Argentinian, aren't they, Jesse? Uh, Never. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Luis Suarez and his dummies. Okay. Should we talk about those? We're really do- no, yeah. we're doing we're doing someone a huge disservice. As good as those dummies were, let's be real. Okay, let's talk about Messi and let's talk about Rakitic's goal as well, shall we? Yes, Rakitic's goal is this from Suarez. I think I'll I'll. I'll... Um, give you a broad overview before you all roll your eyes so hard that I worry about your brain function. Um, at the What was incredible in all three, in the last three goals, were the first time I watched them, I thought, holy shit, oh, Jared, I'm sorry, it's only going to get worse from here. Um, our defense is just shredded and and we need to do so much better. But then you see them again and you realize that it it was less um, the Spurs defense and more really that this Barca team is so well choreographed and so well coordinated that when they set their minds to scoring, there is almost nothing that can be done in the positioning of the forward line. Adam, stop making faces at me. I cannot see. But, but are they, this isn't Barcelona circa 2008. No. However, when you look at where Suarez, Rakitic, at, so when you look at that, that goal that Suarez chose to lift his leg over, right? So he pulls one defender out of position. Messi makes that pass that is just, like, I'll give you a Barbara Streisand analogy because everybody loves those, like a knife through butter. And then every... Listen, that is a niche musical theater analogy here. and It will be. It might be. I don't think it belongs to Barbara Streisand. So. It is... It, it is it will be appreciated by all of one person, my mother. Um, but um, but it's it's really incredible the the positioning that they take and the awareness that they have of everybody else on the pitch. Okay. Anyway, now you can all disagree with me, well, and I dare you to countermine with a Liza Minnelli analogy. We're going to have to get wriggling because we've been spending far too long talking about Spurs, unfortunately. They are at home to Cardiff, who are still on zero wins at the weekend. So it's sort of and we have half of our team is out probably seeing the latest like West End You're debut. at home to Cardiff. If you don't win that, then there is an awful lot wrong. Spurs are unbeaten in 37 to, games. To be, fair, Chris, I, to be fair, she might be right. They could be at the theatre. I went to go see Hamilton last weekend. It's excellent. They could be going to that. Is it? Adam, were you in the room where it happened? <laughs> is that a worry, joke as well? It's lost on you. It is. For you said Hamilton for about half a second, I thought you meant Lewis, but then I've realised. <laughs> uh, okay, also in that group, PSV won into two. Rosario with a rather spectacular goal for PSV. Um, who saw the Hamdanovic handball? That was pretty cool as well, wasn't it? Did you see that, Justin? Didn't. He came charging even further out of his box than Hugo Lloris and dived and handled the ball. And for some reason, the referee only gave him a yellow card. 
Yeah, I don't. I, it, that one didn't make sense to me. I no. felt like he was treating him as like. So, I really did not understand that call. No, neither. And now Justin, somebody send it to Justin now so he can explain it. Adam, use the Google. The Google. Uh, so that leaves Group B with Barca and Inter on six points. Spurs and PSV on null point. Jesse. You know what? Expectations are so low for all things. It's fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. That, that's, that's admittedly not great, but you, you've lost away at Inter and to Barcelona. Inter aren't great. Well, no, but all they, as long as they, you get, you've now got back-to-back games against PSV, you win both of those, in all likelihood, you're going to be on six points, just like Inter Milan will be. And you know what? Think, we have lost to two, we've lost to two Uruguayans. Can I take that as a win? <laughs> if you want to. Right. Okay. Group C, Liverpool 1, Napoli 0, Lorenzo de Signe. I'm very glad that um, Kirsten said you couldn't come on this week. Uh, um, Liverpool 0 shots on target. Uh, Jürgen Klopp said we only have ourselves to blame. Um, and most sound up very quiet again. Well, I, 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 I have a, a theory about Liverpool a, a little bit this season because I think that they've won games but they haven't necessarily actually been that good compared to the sort of the quality of the performances they were they were putting together towards the end of last season. In a similar vein to Man City, don't get me wrong. But I I wonder whether it's a case that Liverpool last season were so bad defensively that it was almost, attacking-wise, they were throwing the kitchen sink at, at teams because they knew that they couldn't protect a one-goal lead and they, they knew they probably needed to score multiple goals to win games. Now that that isn't the case. They've got defensive solidity. Is it hampering them? Is it a case of people expected they could just add this defensive solidity, bring in a centre back, they'd be fine, then all of a sudden they'd be this all conquering team and actually doubt is creeping in, perhaps in, in the creativity's gone in some of the midfield and they are not playing quite as Arsene Wenger would say, with the handbrake off. Yeah. You're the, you're the Liverpool fan here, Chris. What's your reaction to that? I think that's that's a compelling idea. I think that's a very fair point because if you look at, uh, well, he's not really played all that much as as Fabinho, um, but he's tended to go with his sort of trusted lieutenants from last season, hasn't he? With uh, with Milner, they looked a bit more solid at the back with Joe Gomez as well. So, uh, and most Salah isn't firing on all his cylinders so far this season, has he? And it takes a brave man to split up that front three and replace it with Danny Sturridge. Maybe it's something you, a bit reluctant to do, but I think what you're saying has got some legs, definitely. Do you, do you split it up, or or do you play, a, or could you play a four-two-three-one and play Firmino behind Sturridge? You're asking me about and, tactics now. I wouldn't even I wouldn't consider Sturridge on a on a permanent basis. Um, these cameos have been impressive, but he's. Uh, much of the threat he has presented to defenses over the years has been based on his pace, which is gone to some degree. Um, he's a different kind of player now. Um, and and it was always going to be difficult for, for Salah to hit the heights he hit last year. He's still got a number of important goals. He's, he's hardly fallen off, off, off the world. I would, I would, I would keep faith, but I do want to, but, but, but your original point, Adam, I, I do quite agree with you can't, there is a give and take tactically in in football, and if you um, just being more solid defensively 
isn't just about individual mistakes being eliminated. It's in it's being in better cover positions. It's being um, in tighter shape when you lose the ball. And and for those to be true, then there has to necess- necessarily be a little bit less wild abandonment in attack when you when you have the ball, uh, because you're going to lose e- even as rampant as Liverpool can be in attack. Most attacks don't result in shots on goal. Most attacks do break down at some stage. And how vulner- vulnerable are you at that moment when you lose the ball? Last year, Liverpool were quite vulnerable. And this year would appear to be considerably less so. And and the defensive solidity then comes from that. But but as you say, there's a little bit of a reduced threat at the same time. I mean, they were as as benign in attack as I've seen them in the last 16 months yesterday, I would say. Or at Napoli. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, you know. it's very much. A, I think Sid Lowe refers to it as the short bra- short blanket theory, where you you can co- you can cover your, cover your chest to keep you warm, but your feet get cold, and then you pull it down to your feet and your chest. Gets, you're right. There, there's a give and take. There, there is. I actually cost a friend of mine a very lucrative, successful bet because he came to me and wanted advice on that game, and he said, uh, "Will Liverpool win? And will they score two goals?" in winning, and I, I said yes, because we just automatically feel that way about Liverpool based on the, the absolute havoc they've wreaked the, you know, the last year and a half or so, and, and it's a, it, the other thing too here is something I've sort of been waiting for for a while, which is for other sides to adjust to them, to stop playing into their hands, to stop being so vulnerable to the front three and, and to the pressing, and there are ways to do that, and I think we, we, it'll be interesting to see Sunday when we get around to talking about that game. If City are one of those sides who've managed to work it out because they're one of the sides that have uh, suffered the most from it. Okay. Uh, also in that group, she um, beat Red Star Belgrade 6-1. See those free kicks, Jesse, from Neymar? Again, you keep saying these names. Like, you know, yes, I saw the free kicks from Neymar. 6-1 is just, just unfair. Yeah. It was over early on, wasn't it? So Napoli on four points, Liverpool and PSG on three, Red Star, Belgrade on one. Liverpool, like Justin just said, are next. Uh, they're at home to Manchester City, who came from behind to beat Hoffenheim 2-1. Hoffenheim took the lead in the first minute. Uh, Sergio Guerrero equalised before David Silva um, got the win just before the end. I kind of thought this was justice because Manchester City should have had a penalty. Um, did anybody see that incident? I watched the game. Why am I not remembering the penalty? Incident? This, yes, I did. I did see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Silver or signing through one goal, wasn't it? And clattered yeah. by the keeper. Yeah, and they yeah, scored not long after, it, that, didn't they? Did get a touch on the ball, so it was mystifying why that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sergio Aguero scored five consecutive away goals for his English team. It was the first in 15 years. First place to do that in 15 years. Anybody know who that is? Adam might because I nicked it from a podcast. So Justin and Jesse, you get to guess. What was it again? What was the stat? The first player um, to score five consecutive away goals in the Champions League for an English team since 15 years ago. The first consecutive... You are saying so many words that for some reason are not that The first player... <laughs> five score, goals. Yeah. yeah. Five game, five yeah. away games in a row. Yeah. Just for, for any team. team. No, for an English team in the Champions League. Oh. Again, with the stats that are just like... So specific. And they were all scored within a mile of the coast. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. <laughs> um, um, uh... I'll give you a clue. He's got three names. And one of them is a mode of transport. <laughs> 
cool. It is um, Matthew Boat Flamini. No. Robin. No. <laughs> Rude. That's actually a good guess. Rude. Van Rude Roy. Roy. Yeah. Um... Also in that group, Leon drew 2-2 with Shakhtar Donetsk in an empty stadium. Uh, Leon came for 2-0 down. So Leon are on four points, Manchester City three, Shakhtar on two, uh, Hoffenheim one. So next is that game, uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool. Um, six wins and one draw each for both those teams. Nabikaita is a doubt for uh, Liverpool. Liverpool versus Manchester City and Anfield are beaten in 15 years. And Sergio Aguero for Anfield for Atletico Madrid. And uh, Manchester City has got just three shots on target. I mean, you don't need to worry just about Sergio Aguero, though, do you? No. And a lovely stat is that from the, uh, I, I think, that makes this game very enjoyable, is that from the four games they played last season, uh, it was nine each. So, <laughs> Liverpool got nine big games at home without conceding as well. Also, Naby Keita is more than just a doubt, because I thought that injury was pretty severe looking. Well, this might be okay. Wow, I, I would say to your to your stat just then that they've also got nine games in a row about playing Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so how do you think this goes? Manchester City. What troll? <laughs> um, I think it depends. I think it depends where along the coastline they're playing and if they have bagels for breakfast that morning. It's in Liverpool, so it'd be quite close to the coast. Ah, well. Because Manchester's miles away. It's further away than Liverpool. I know it's by the sea because that's the name of the movie. Um, (laughs) You know, Chris isn't feeling good, so I'm going to say that Liverpool have a a shot at this. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And finally in the Champions League, we've got Manchester United nil, Valencia nil. Um, Manchester United, they've got four points. They're the best performing English team uh, in the Champions League this season so far. Although Brian McClare did call their performance bollocks, Adam. Um, a, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no wins at home since the opening game of the season when they beat Leicester in the Premier League. That's got to be quite... Con- I mean, of all the things that's concerning for Manchester United, their home form is... Well, is, is, will it not be five games without a win? If they fail to beat Newcastle... I think it will be, won't it? Well, overall, yes, it will be, won't it? Yeah. Look, they're going to beat Newcastle. They are. But, but I don't think... think that says... Yeah, but I don't think that says anything about either their oh, right. performance or about their, you know, team spirit. <laughs> um, you know, we read that Zidane wants the coaching job, so so Mourinho already is getting hammered on all sides. And they're not, they're just, nothing's going well for them. Well, Rafa will want to get one over on Jose Mourinho, won't he? Um, Newcastle lost seven games when scoring first against Manchester United, so the trick is to let them score first. That'll be easy for Newcastle. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we're both going for, sorry, you're both going for United wins, you? Um, It It won't be pretty, but yeah. Okay. Um, also in uh, that game, also also in that Champions League group is uh, Juventus who beat Young Boys three 0 I can't do my hilarious pun that you thought I'd do a couple of weeks ago. I don't, it doesn't quite seem appropriate now. Um, Paolo Di Valo with a hat trick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that leaves Juventus on. It's almost it's almost like Pablo Dybala is actually quite good, and all this talk of him being being uh, not part of any of Allegri's plans was just noise. Yeah, I'd feel quite sorry for Dybala because I think he gets a bit of a bad rap. Isn't it fun how Juve can win without Ronaldo? Uh, yes, I mean, is. Juve did win without Ronaldo before now. Yeah, they won for a very long time without Ronaldo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Juve, Juve generally quite good at winning anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that group, he's, um, Juventus top of Group H on six points, Manchester United on four points, Valencia one, Young Boys nil. Uh, elsewhere in the Champions League, Atletico Madrid beat Bruges three one in Group A. Dortmund beat Monaco. Um, Monaco and sorry, Dortmund and Atletico Madrid are on six points. Um, Bruges and Monaco on Nilpois. Um Monaco are having an awful, awful season. I don't think they've won since the opening weekend of the season. I mean, this model of constantly producing players and flogging them isn't sort of working out for them, is it? Eventually you miss those players, yeah. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Group D, Lokomotiv Moscow, Neil Schalke 1, Porto 1, Galatasaray nil. So Porto and Schalke on four points, then Galatasaray on three, and <laughs> Lokomotiv on nil. Um Maybe a great best game of the week was actually in Group E. AEK Athens 2, Benfica 0. AEK went 2-0 down in that. Benfica got a red card before Athens brought it back to 2-2. And then a Semedo 74th minute winner um, for Benfica. Also in that group, Bayern Munich drew 1-1 with Ajax. Um, and while I have a drink of water before I sort of lose my voice completely, Jesse can talk to us a little bit about CSK versus Real Madrid, which you said was quite a strange game, didn't you? Um, oh, it, that was a bonkers. That was bonkers. That um, was Tony Cruz and Igor Akinfeev, wasn't it? Yeah, Justin, did you see that one? No, no, but I shudder anytime Igor Akinfeev's name is, is mentioned. He's why, why do you shudder? Because well, because I, I think he's he's very good and he's had a very good career. I mean, hardly anyone pays any attention to him except for when he has these massive, massive mistakes, which. Do see the comment in opportune times, well, this or, or, or concedes a goal in roughly six times a year. Yeah, yeah, he's he was in, wasn't he in line for like only his? He doesn't tend to get clean sheets in the Champions League, and and does this was count? on his way to one, and then something bad happened. Does this count? I mean, because it was like the ninety fourth minute, wasn't it? Does this count as a clean sheet? Minutes. Yeah. Um, and Moscow was, was you know playing their their brand of gritty football and Akinfeev came out and protested a call got a card kept protesting and in four seconds at a second I mean the the ref had barely put down the card back to his hip before he got a second card for for protestation on the same call he gets a yellow and now cannot play it was 66 seconds that Tony Cruz had his strange little pass back to the keeps for uh, Akinfeev got sent off. I mean, you could have gone out and done some shopping in between time or something, didn't you? Was, but it wasn't a boring by any means. Seska either plays um, boring football or good, dirty football, and this was the, the latter. And Real were just scrambling the entire match. They could not get a toehold. Um, this, I mean, if you were going to watch any part of the game, it was these 32 seconds. Justin, have you ever got to yell at that? Nope. Did you ever get a red card? No, never did. And only ever got booked a few times for time wasting, which is um, the obligatory card that referees give goalkeeping is ahead and you have a goal kick to take. 
suddenly you're meant to sprint and do it as fast as possible. (laughs) Still still holding on to those yellow cards. It it is irritating because, yeah, yeah, like... Could have been Gary Lineker. Pay attention to my normal pace of taking a goal kick, and it's now it's actually more or less the same, and so anyway. That's Sam Bay in 1987. It was a two. It was a two. Yeah. I reckon I have a shot. There's a list of referees' names on the wall. <laughs> Seska, Seska lined up their their second goalkeeper. I don't even know who it is, and that's when the ref called the match. So I don't know. Like Justin, what's the protocol for? Like, are they gonna are they gonna appeal this one? Um, what happened? I, I, they can, I suppose, but but um, I, the referee the rounds they would appeal it. Yeah, it's not a like violent can be can be reviewed. Uh, on video, but if the referee says he was um, a, 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 a second yellow front sportsmanlike conduct, um, could they say it was part of the judgment sportsmanlike conduct? Like it was one yell, <laughs> one extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like uh, his chances. Okay, well, well also, no, no, nothing happened for Buffon, did it? So, no mistaken identity is the only way you can rescind a card, isn't it, in the Champions League? Um, I think you could have you could you can appeal red cards. I thought it was a done. I thought it was only mistaken identity. It was the I only way be, you can I'm, do. I, I'm I'm willing to be wrong on that, but sorry, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also in that group, uh, Roma beat Victoria Prison five 0 with an Edin Dzeko perfect hat trick. Uh, so Seska top on four points. Real Madrid and Roma on three points. And Victoria Prison on one. Uh, Justin, what's the yes. worst thing that's ever been thrown to you? Uh, thrown at you? Why you've been playing in golf. Oh, coins. Sharpened coins. Sharpened Wait. coins? Yeah. Sharpened coins? Yes. That's a thing that used to happen in the in the eighties is uh they'd, they'd take like coins and file one edge down and wing them at you. I remember a few of those whizzing into the mud at my feet. Excuse me, did you Where's play that? in a prison league? <laughs> no, was... Have you have you seen the film The Longest Yard? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they they remade that too. Um, Where was that? I don't think it was all that uh, uncommon, to be honest. It was. I don't think they were ever thrown with the ge- in genuine intent to injure, because these were not even they weren't pound coins, which were, were to have some heft to them, and, and which could conceivably do you some damage. They were. Forgive me for not knowing my currency here, but um, was this in Uruguay? No, no, it was in. It was in. God's only one. For someone who is having coins thrown at you, you are very forgiving. I know. Like, they, I, I can't imagine a situation where I'm getting a coin. I've got one here. I almost felt and, like I had. I'm, I, I'm going and sharpening it, and then I'm throwing it at you. And the person I'm throwing it, I'll go. Yeah, he wasn't trying to hurt me. He just sharpened it, bought it with him, and then lobbed it at me. <laughs> what I actually thought. You know what? Actually, a little bit because that happens in the uh, in the book. Goalkeepers are different. Um, if anyone knows that uh, that novel. Um, you felt like you were part of an elite club. Yeah, like Ronnie Blake, the goalkeeper in that novel, gets coins thrown on him by Millwall supporters, and then well, it happened to me. Um, I do know, I do know who it is. I kept a really detailed journal that season. I played for Bournemouth. Um, I kept a very detailed journal uh, each of each game, and I know who it is, but I'm I'm going to decline to. Well, the reason I asked you this uh, is because was, Steve Bruce had. A cabbage thrown at him this week. Got a cabbage. cabbage. Yeah. yeah. Cabbage. The only reason, again, sorry, you saying about the coins reminds me of the time a Manchester United fan rang up 606 saying he was at West Ham um, and the fans had had coins thrown at them all day and he made seven pounds. Um, but... I always like it when that, because it's, obviously that still happens now in 
like especially in heated derbies, players will go and take a corner and currency and lighters will uh, will will throw down. Sometimes a mobile phone, which seems a bit stupid to me. But I always like it when even these multi million pound footballers pick up the pound coin and put it in their sock for later. Yeah. Danny Alves so eating the banana. Nice little touch, yeah. Well, Danny Alves eating the banana was great. That was like a different yeah. My favorite was um at well, not my favorite. I have two favorites. My favorite from Uruguay was somehow they brought in um like gas canisters, which are like half the, the height of me and threw them onto the pitch, which I you can't how do you, like, feel walk, safe. How do you walk into the stadium with a gas canister? Like who who is doing that? Um and then the in the Mexican league when the when the coach walked on to the pitch with a machete. <laughs> Inter Milan fans made, managed to smuggle a um, moped into the ground and threw that over the side. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, which team? Inter Milan. Internationale. Thank you. Um. Yes, yeah, sorry. The only reason I asked about that, Justin, is because of Steve Bruce this week. He's lost his job and got a cabbage thrown at his head. So uh, that's not so good. Other bits and bobs in news this week. In the Europa League, uh, Group E, Carabag lost 3-0 to Arsenal um, at home to Arsenal. Now, there's no Henrik Mkhitaryan. Uh, and I didn't realise this, but apparently because of the security situation or the recognition of countries and deep Central Asian politics. Um, so Henrik Mkhitaryan didn't travel. But apparently the final has been played in Azerbaijan. So if Arsenal managed to get to the... Europa League final, he might not be able to go again. That's a shame for him. Um, I think we have to acknowledge it wouldn't be a particularly great miss for Arsenal. <laughs> and that's a swap. That's a swap. That's a player swap that has worked out tremendously poorly for both sides and both players. Yes. Sanchez well, has had a miserable time at United. Um, I think on, more on was expected side, of him. Side, on the plus side, Man United, um, Arsenal probably are probably saving a few quid. That's true. They have they they trimmed their wage bill. You're right. You're right. It's um, been that bad. He just hasn't made an impact, unfortunately. Uh, group L in the Europa League. Group L. Imagine going down that far. To that many groups, you've got to go to L. Uh, Chelsea beat Vili one 0 thanks to Alvaro Morata. Um, Red Bull Salzburg beat Celtic three one after Celtic were ahead. Rangers also beat uh, Rapid Vienna by the same score on well in Group G. Just in the Copa Libertadores semi-finals have been announced. And Jesse, we could have we could have a River Boca. Copa Libertadores final. You could. We could. So it's Boca Juniors uh, yep. versus Palmeiras and Gremio versus River Plate. Yeah. Uh, so uh, two Argentinian Brazilian semifinals. Those have tended to favor the Brazilian sides over over the last couple of decades. But Gallardo, Marcelo Gallardo's River um, has has won everything there is to win. Um, and this this could potentially be the great single greatest atmosphere that there has ever been since the beginning of football. Unless this year is the first year that the final goes to a single-game neutral site. Just, I think it is. For those who don't know, yeah, for those, for those who don't know, a two-legged final, each side getting a home game, and then the the, um, the atmosphere is always spectacular and uh, dangerous and cataclysmic, and a, a River Boca pair of finals would be that, but if it's a neutral... A neutral site, then it would be less so, but it's still, it would it's, still be River and Boca, there really is no neutrality in most of South America. That's um, a good point. But, yeah, so that, that would just be tricky to do. Um, yeah, but, but a neutral stadium, I guess. 
Right. at Wembley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you go the Barca route and just have it in Florida. But then it was because it, it's it easier to tick off. Well, well I don't, you saw who scored the most goals for Boca, none other than Uruguayan wonder kid, Nike Hernandez, former Peñarol superstar. Okay, Sorry. There's a, Jesse, there's an Italian football podcast this week talking about uh, Alvaro Recoba. Really? He's great. I mean, he's not now, but he's great. Yeah. Uh, Potato for Inter has a tattoo of him on his, what is this, his forearm? Because yeah. they were there for like two seasons at Nassau. It's a weird show up with like a tattoo of your your teammate's face. But apparently Rokobo was thrilled. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right, okay, what else have we got? Um, England Post favourite Jason Sancho has been called up, Adam. Uh, first player born in the 20th century to represent England. Though he is an old veteran man compared to um, compared to Shayla Diaz. Who's heard of her? She's been called up to the Paradigm Women's World Cup squad, and she's 13 years old. Whoa. Be able... Panamanian, sorry. Um, it's not the same country. Is, is, um, so is, is Jaden or Jason Sanchez, Joe, whoever makes them out? They said he was the first born in the 23rd. The average age of the squad is 23.9 years. My, my, I've got two beefs for that squad, only really, and that's four goalkeepers. Oh, really? Yeah, and Danny Welbeck. That's in your book, Four Goalkeepers and Danny Welbeck. <laughs> the lesser known Hugh Grant film. <laughs> Listen, the last, the last thing. Uh, so, other than that, you're quite happy, Adam, with the squad, are you? Mm. Um, I like Winks. Um, I wonder whether um, Ross Barkley has done enough to be in yeah, there. Yeah, that was a weird name. But then I suppose if you're missing out from the championship, Barkley has made two Premier League starts he's a player who can make a difference so but I'm not going to be too disappointed about him being in there I didn't realise this he's 25 I kind of get the feeling that it's starting to pass 25 well, it's not that old is it well no I mean not relatively speaking but <laughs> in footballers terms that you know it's um, well, it's, it's, that, he's gone beyond the sort of young rookie into, stage hasn't he I think you're falling into the trap nowadays of that has been caused by by Messi and Ronaldo. That if you're not a superstar at 18 and you're not, not doing it consistently, that you're you, you fall into two categories of being either one of the one of those elite Neymar, also ran player. And in the, in the olden days, it was considered that players matured and their best football was at 28. And we don't seem to think that anymore. Um, but yeah, I. I think you're a yucky till you get to about 23. After that, you're a, you're getting towards sort of season pro times. And I think 25, you've been around. He's been around for a while, isn't he? He has been around, but he also made a very interesting point of how um, how he's he's never been coached as much as he has been under under Sarah. He actually feels that he's been under for most of his career. And I think Martinez. That, well, well, he's talking about sort of. Um, individual coaching as much as, as anything else and I can I can see that because if you're someone if you're an, an elite manager managing a top Premier League you're expecting the players you've got there to be be players already and if you you get this sort of one-on-one coaching on, on all areas and aspects of your game and a sort of a horrendous dive when in youth leagues with the coaches whose job is to develop you individually as a player who moves into the first team at 17-18 you probably miss a whole chunk of that development and you either 
so do it on your own or potentially it does miss you by and that's what perhaps why you so many players who fail to live up to their so-called potential because you get a little bit too much too soon i don't necessarily means that you can't take a step back and have it come to you a little bit later okay uh just think those goalkeeping of yours have you still got them ready to dust off for one last one last go uh for the right price Saudi Arabia have recalled 41-year-old Abdelplassane Abba Friendlies against Brazil and Argentina. Um, he's perhaps most notably known for being sent off in the Asian Cup final in 1996. A long Ryan time was... ago. Yeah. Yeah. 41 is... is that's, that's quite an age for an outfield player. You've, we've seen a lot of goalkeepers play to that age, but that's, that's asking a lot of an outfield player. You, I think you, normally, you normally have to have made bad investments like Brad Friedel to play to 41, don't you? <laughs> that's a good point. Um, just for that Panamanian play, actually, uh, Ryan is twice as old as her. <laughs> so, <Twice, yeah. laughs> we're getting to that stage. Right, okay, Cristiano Ronaldo, folks. Um, we know the allegations that have been made against him. I'm not really wanting to talk about the yeses and noes of what we think he's done. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things. We, we don't need to talk about that because Jesse's already already recorded a podcast on that subject. Yes, very true. The usual effort podcast with Kirsten earlier on this week. Uh, this is if you've not listened to that, I certainly advise you to check it out because it's incredibly good. Um, the, who saw the tweets from us last night when they proclaimed him a great professional and it all happened a long time ago, which Nick Miller <laughs> kind of summed up nicely as it happened ages ago and he stays late and puts the cones away so he's all right. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it was Daniel's story tweeted saying, um, does anyone remember that time when anyone claimed that Cristiano Ronaldo know me neither? Yeah, exactly. The thing I took away from these tweets um, is the fact that Juventus uh, never actually said they believed him or uh, he never gone with um, what they're basically saying is he's a nice bloke and is a good player. Think, think, I think, I think the, the saddest part about that is that um, that country maybe slightly to, to, um, to so you, you tweet, Chris, is a considered response that's taken days that has probably come from essentially the Agnelli family. Yes. Yes. Uh, um too many people have seen that before they, anyone, someone pressed send for it to be that bad. <laughs> it's gone through very many drafts. Go on, Jesse, what were you going to say? Sorry. Um, I think it is almost worse than saying we or we don't believe him. It's that it doesn't matter. You know, the, the, the team is basically saying because he is such a great, and he is, that's not in question that regardless of whether they believe him or not, that's not the point, that um, they stand by him, they need him, and that's the same with his sponsorships, um, you know, he, but it doesn't matter to them whether or not they believe him, whether or not he does, that he is accused of doing, because his value team and to his endorsement brands matters more. Um, implicitly, the message that Juve gave with that tweet and that his legions of sponsors are giving with their silence um, is that economically, so, you know, makes a, a lot for a lot of people. Um, and the shares have closed down 10% on the day and 20% for the week. Um, maybe they felt the need to say something based on that. I don't know if you saw the Ventus account, but the tweets after those two we've just been talking about, one was a picture of Ronaldo who was in training and the other one was, uh, it's a cynical set of few tweets, isn't it? You sort of alluded to something there, Chris, about their shares going down. I mean, any corporate entity in this situation is never going to do the right thing for the right thing's sake. They just won't. Um, 
the only thing that could happen is is um, if it actually does affect their bottom line in a negative way, then you would suddenly see them doing what we consider the socially responsible right thing. But that's the only reason they would do it. Um, and I also think that we now we now have a, a, a sort of a catchphrase by which to identify people who have things in their past they hope that never come out, and that's when speaking of someone else, it happened a long time ago. Walk briskly away from those people, uh, because they want that to matter. They want it to matter that something like been a long time ago, and in other words, it's no longer important and, and you should be held accountable for it. Um, you know, it's it's irrelevant how long ago things like this happened, um, and it's an easy out, and people, it's always been an easy out for men, and uh, there's there's a lot of people that, that hope it always stays that way, and I'm sorry Bryce is attacking the bottle as we speak. <laughs> it also didn't happen a particularly long time ago. Yeah, it happened in you're right, it wasn't. It was 2010, it was this decade. Um, it wasn't that long ago, so, yeah. Um, and, and I think it should be noted that while um, while Juve are are acting in in said way, um, he hasn't been selected for the Portugal national team. He hasn't been selected for the Portugal national team, which at first I thought was a really um, well done and impressive statement. But then the assistant director of the Portugal national team, and I don't know if I can find it right now because I, I saw it. Yeah. Do you have it? I'm not I haven't as good. got it, but he said pretty much the same as that Juventus tweet, didn't he? Yeah, that that's not why he was left off the bench, that he believes he's a great man. I'm, I'm really not a good Googler. Um, I just came up with an, a recipe for Portuguese bread. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Do those, two, do those two things, uh, can they not be mutually exclusive, though? Can there not be a situation where... Portugal, the Portuguese FA have maybe made a, decided to make this decision for said for one reason, but perhaps soften the blow or sweeten the sweeten the pill to Ronaldo by publicly saying a slightly different message. But that matters, you know. I think it. it I think the statement that you make matters. I don't think that they have to come out because it's still in the allegation phase. I don't think they have to come out and say look, we believe this or that, but I think they need to come out and say we've left him off the team until this has been resolved. Because otherwise, what they're allowing for is the space for all of his apologists to fill to say, we don't believe her, and I'm sorry, but like this is what we're getting, so I'm just going to use the language of she's a whore, she's a slut, and she did this on purpose. And that's what he said when he said that this is what women do for fame. And and by not stating definitively he's been left off the team for this reason, they are letting that happen. They're they're leaving it open for ambiguity. You've talked about this quite a lot, um, both on your own Twitter feed and on Usual Efforts Twitter feed. Since you've done that podcast and since this has come out and you've been talking about it, have you or Unusual Efforts got any um, abusive tweets? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How many do you think you've had? <laughs> like, sorry. How many do you think you've had? Don't include the ones I said. I mean, that's different, Adam. And you're right. I haven't visited you often enough, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and you look great in shirt. Um, how often? I mean, well, how many do you think you've had since? Um, 
<laughs> a lot. I'm loud on the internet. Um, but, you know, I have own, like, sexual history been based on the fact that I think that Nike should drop Ronaldo. Totally. Is there a correlation between, like, somebody in, like, Indiana wishing that I would be raped on my way home from work? Ronaldo, like, getting called up to the Portuguese national team? I don't know, man in Indiana, but I really wish he would explain that to me. Um, a lot. A lot. Yeah. Sorry, no, I wasn't asking because you shouldn't have... I'm really grateful that you guys, you know, give us that space to do it because I think it's important. Yeah, no, sorry, because I didn't think you had a right to say it. I was only asking because I think this is very much split along polarised lines. If you are a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, he could be doing this in the middle of Trin Town Square uh, in full view of hundreds of people, and you would still find the new gun. No, you know, I, I, wish, I wish people... I mean, your idols. We can, we can cover that there are, are, are people who... Are... Yes, but yes, that's yeah, true. Look, I, I think, I mean, just... I think in this country, I'm sure in every other country, the last year, I mean, forever, um, we've we've had to reckon with heroes and role models and, and just people that we are and, and support not being the people that we want them to be. And that's really, really hard. But you, at some point, you have to make the choice to, like, close your eyes and close yours to that and love them anyway or let them go. And I, you know, it's... No, sorry, go ahead, Jesse. No, 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 you go for it. Um, I think one of the things that comes with a little bit of age is I found it incredibly easy to let those people go. Um, I absolutely loved Louis C.K. I loved the show. I loved Louis. I loved to stand up. Once all this broke and I re- realized it was credible, so I'm just done with Louis. Yeah. Um, I generally really, really, really like Ronaldo as a player, and I used to like his personality and his personage and his, you know, and everything that came along with him. And now I just don't. You just yeah. why cheapen yourself for someone who doesn't know you um, will never acknowledge your existence if you if you believe it's credible. And, and again, we've decided we're, we're not going into that particular question in this episode. But we, if if you are unco- don't don't die on that hill. Um, just let go. Yeah. Let Woody Allen go. I did that. I love Manhattan. It's one of my five favorite movies of all time. He's creep. Done Allen. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's easier than you think because there's a ton of great art out there. There are a ton of great footballers out there. There are a ton of great artists out there. There's other cycling teams out there. Um, <laughs> just, just, uh, just let them go. Adam no, Floyd Landis started a cycling team this week. Has it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. We'll let Jesse have the last word on this before we before we move on. I think that was a great last word. I mean, that's, it's funny that Louis C.K. and Woody Allen were the two that I was thinking about. But, um, A, it leaves you space to discover other people. I mean, yeah, that's that's great. Samantha B. Watch her all the time. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just so much easier not to, like, make excuses for people. It's really freeing. Adam's yeah. waving a finger. What's up, Adam? I, I just I, There's just one slight point that I wanted to make. Um that uh, came to my mind while I was listening to, to your said, said podcast. And that was, um, you, you talk about uh, sort of at the very, very top of your show about the reason why you're doing it, sort of the reluctance of what you consider is other main, of mainstream media to be reporting on it at the time. And this is completely 
my take, I'm happy to be told I'm wrong, shot down, I haven't looked into this, but sort of my point of view when I was thinking that was that <clears throat> when you think of respectable media outlet, think of the BBC in this country, and it's in the BBC's charter that their news stories have to be double-sourced. So if the Spiegel's running an article and they're sharing their sources, that it is not the BBC. The BBC are not going to report on someone else's reporting. And I think that sort of double-sourcing should be the, the minimum that we accept of, of journalism and, and the fact that we have so many news outlets in the world right now that um, have no journalistic integrity and that's part of the big problem we have and actually enables Christian Ronaldo to come out and say this is fake news because fake news has become the catchphrase of the last three years and that is because of that erosion of journalistic integrity and I think that there was this big will on Twitter almost to say news news outlets are completely ignoring this on purpose because they don't want to shit where they eat and they're burying this. And then you see that when Ronaldo responded, they were able to report on Ronaldo's response. When Nike dropped him, it's on the front page of the biggest selling newspaper in this country. It, I, I think that people were ever so slightly too quick to say that the media were trying to bury this story um i think that's i you know i'm coming from a country with different sadly different journalistic standards price agrees with me and you know i'm right when dogs agree with me Uh, but i will say that one of the the just beagle reporters i'll get his first name right but i want to try to pronounce his last name i don't want to get it wrong but um christoph and and if you look it up you'll get it um um, painstakingly went through the process of what they did, and there were twenty. Oh, oh no, no, no! I am no, not for no, a second. I'm, I'm agree with you. I promise. Okay. <laughs> I, I, just, I think that um, oh, both on this story and in our country right now, a great debt to journalists follow the highest ethical standards and lay out their process so we could see what they did and in full transparency. So I agree with you, but I think that. Um, I, I think in the absence of those, in the absence of everybody following those standards, it's a little bit tricky because there are some things and not other things. And so um, things sort of get because having one side and not seven other sides, if that makes sense. Okay. Right. We're going to move on from that. But thank you ever so much for that one because I thought it was important we discussed that. Uh, some fixtures coming this weekend. There's not loads and loads of standout ones. In Spain, there's the Basque Derby, Bilbao versus Real Sociedad. Uh, in Italy, on your 11 sports, Adam, which you've not got, it's Lazio versus Fiorentina. Uh, Russia is the Moscow Derby, Sesca versus Lokomotiv, Portugal, Benfica versus Porto, uh, Greece is AJ Athens versus Olympiakos, and D Sport at least. I have a method of watching it, yes. Oh, good. Well, Sunday night is PSG versus Lyon. I will be watching the NFL. Who will you be watching? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you watching on that? I will probably watch Red Zone. Don't worry. Is it not what I'm thinking? <laughs> it's very different to what you're thinking. Okay. Imagine, imagine, Chris, there was a channel during a match of the Gold Show on BT, on BT Sport in the Champions League. Okay, so NFL. It just it just whips around from game to game when any when any missed score. Right. Okay. My mind went elsewhere yeah. when you said Red Zone. Um, okay. Right. Premier League this weekend. There's a game game right this very minute. Brighton versus West Ham. Does anybody know what to the score or should I tell oh. you? Okay. Uh, 
I was actually watching it. I was watching it until my, uh, my power went out, which was why I had about a 10-minute absence from the pod. Uh, and then Brighton were also attacked. It's, five. it's six minutes. It's still currently Brighton 1, West Ham 0, Glenn Murray, if anybody's got them in their fantasy team. Um, right, Burnley versus... No, I, that was just me. Good job. I don't have a told you. I think fantasy is just like picking your favorite players and where you want to go on vacation. But that's job. Ben Murray. Who's in my fantasy team? I'm really not sure I'd like to go on. Adam, who's in your fantasy team? Would you like to go on holiday? Bill Nutt, so... That'd be all right. That would be yeah. a frank, productive, and efficient holiday. <laughs> I've got Troy Deeney in my team. I'm quite... I even has Quite nice. Going out Eden Hazard and Troy Okay, so the next game, I reckon this is the last of the match today, Adam Huddersfield. It is, um, Burnley got back-to-back wins, Huddersfield still haven't got any, uh, if there's no goals, it will only be the second fixed goals in the first innings, um, since Arsenal versus QPR in 92-94, which is a golden age of football, really, uh, the early years of the Premier League. Um, <laughs> how do you think this one's going to go, guys? There will be no goals. There will be no goals, okay. You reckon no, I think you're right, actually, I think this is, this is it. Anyone see? I, I didn't, but then Burnley scored four against a bit bored last week. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know what to think anymore. Getting knocked the league is the best answer to them. Where they're, they're, oh, they're down in 13th at the moment, thanks to Brighton winning. I could see, like, like an own goal or yeah. something, you know. It's going to be grim northern and everyone will be like, sort of, it'll be raining Bovril and there'll be those sort of drums <laughs> you get in the background and stuff. It's going to be awful. Um, it'll be sharpened coins. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, not in Burnley. They're salt of the earth people there. Burn- yeah, they're probably in Burnley, crikey. They're probably sort of burning wicker coins or something. <laughs> or just, but there you go. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, Palace lost on Monday versus Bournemouth. What was this season? 88% of their goals have come in the second half. So they, you really have to sort of uh, defend well against Wolves in the second half. And in 44 shots, uh, Crystal Palace have scored zero home goals this season. So, um, 44. Palace are... Palace are an enigma to me. Yes, they, they, it's well documented that they're they're attacking. Hopes the game runs through through Zaha, and if he doesn't play, they don't score. Um, you think of a a Roy Hodgson team to be very very drilled and disciplined and defensively solid and robust, and sometimes they are very much those, and other times they get absolutely hammered against teams that you, you don't expect them to be torn apart by um, anything. I I do not know what to expect from them. Jesse and Justin. What's that? What do you? How do you think? I'm, I'm similar, similar to Adam. They're, they're a hard-sided figure. Um, there's has been in. They've been a little bit of a, of a campaign. You may have noticed to give more protection from referees. A campaign comes he, yourself, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 one of his chief opponents appears to be Roy Hodgson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, he he takes people on. He's a dribbler. He wants to beat people, and and they don't have. I mean, they need him to break things down uh, because there isn't. Much of, a, of an attacking identity, otherwise, and so I'm, I'm interested. To see. These kings rarely work because referees then are aware that this campaign is as being waged. And now, if they do uh, give him what they would, what he would consider, it means blown for a foul every time he, he loses the ball, they know how it looks. I wonder if sometimes it can be counterproductive. Okay, uh, Leicester City versus Everton. Adam, this is the Duncan Ferguson strangling Stefan Froby. Sure, that was laboured. A game at which I was at, actually. That was brilliant. <laughs> Uh, Leicester got back wins. Everton got one win in five. This isn't looking very good for you, is it? Where are you now? You're 11th. So you're so far down, you're behind Manchester United. Well, moment of time. Yeah. Um, I don't... I, 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 Everton are as, 
as much as Big Brother, I can I I can see them at the um, at the Arsenal game two weeks ago now, last week, two weeks ago, and um, I, I would hardly say we were excellent in the first half. We were the better team, and um, in the second half, we even had chances. And you can see that the lack of a a finisher is really really costing of it. And so it appears to be that unless someone all of a sudden finds their shooting boots, and that was unlikely to me, or regardless of manages to put. Put, have a, a one of his games and put one or two in that we we could struggle. But um, I think we're starting to look up more and more solid defensively. Um, that that current team was looking better. We've still got Jerry Mina to come back. Um, but we, yeah, we have weaknesses all over the pitch, and Leicester are a team that are performing better than I expected them to because I thought the loss of Mares was going to be pivotal and was, would affect Jamie Vardy in a, a way and I think the effects have been smaller than I expected. Jesse, cheer up because Theo Walker five goals versus Lesser. I like that. I feel better already. There you go. Excellent. How, how, how do you make some, saying something nice to him? Um, I actually think Everton is surprised by and Lester always surprised in a pretty like folly of Vardy kind of way. Uh, Watford versus Bournemouth, actually six versus seven. Uh, Watford got zero win in three. Of course, Bournemouth had that um, the other day. Uh, five out of six of the Premier League meetings have been draws, though. What do you reckon it's going to do? About this, about Watford. Watford, um, bigger to me. Yeah, yeah, even more so so than than um, than Palace. So um, I'm virtually guaranteeing the opposite of what Will say. Um, I see a I see a good result from Watford and all three points. Jesse, who isn't in the Premier League? Is ever well, who isn't an enigma in the Premier League? Is everybody one? Manchester United, they're terrible. <laughs> I think the only thing you can guarantee is that City and Liverpool are going to win. Not when they play. I was about to say. Apart from this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you picked the worst weekend to say that. Yeah, right. Uh, Sunday, Fulham versus Arsenal. Um, Arsenal have won five in a row in the league. Fulham are winless in four. Oh, no, is it um, the Cottage? Um, Arsenal got the best winner in London derbies. They've won 51.3% of London derbies. Fulham got the worst, only 20.8%. Uh, this, of course, is James versus Matthew in the uh, Man of the Post derby. I'm going to go with James on this one. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. How are we? Uh, go on. I, I, I agree with you. I think that um, while I'm not looking particularly... Arsenal have found a way to, to grind out quite a lot of results, and I think that people were very premature when they started talking about a Fulham team spending £100 million and finishing 7th in the Premier League. Yeah. Okay. It hasn't really gone to plan. In fact, it's gone... Quite a bit worse than you might have did. I think it's gone has right. It hasn't gone to plan, but it's gone as expected. As expected. Yeah. Anyone who's played football manager knows that you spend a hundred million pound on players, and this happens. I've done that with Everton this very. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Marquinhos in defence and his use. Well, it's kind of what they did. They bought got... as many players as they could, and now to figure out what to do with them. I've got two Europeans in my Everton midfield, and they're terrible. <laughs> That's your fault, not theirs. I got Luis Torreira and uh, Rodrigo Betancourt. Yeah, you're ready to zero. <laughs> Terrific young players. Well, that's you... why I got them. Honestly, terrible. Right, last game is Southampton versus Chelsea in the Kerry. Um, Mauricio C could be the sixth Premier League manager to be unbeaten after his first eight games. Anybody who has any guess as to the other five, you guarantee you will not get three of them, I think. Just in, you have to go back a day. Now, them, didn't he get off to fairly good start in the city before mm-hmm. winning the goal for a season? No. Okay. Uh, uh, now, isn't he? This is his first, your first games. So I'll give you a clue. We have got two Chelsea yeah. managers, one Leicester, one Ipswich, Mourinho. one Nottingham Forest. Mourinho. Yeah. Conte? 
No. I think Jeepers. Uh, uh, Scalari. I said Ancelotti. I said no, he's obviously said Scalari, but that was the right answer, Scalari. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant I to said Scalari. Oh, what about oh, did you? Okay, well, you've got a Nottingham Forest, Ipswich, and Les manager, so you're going to get them. I'm not. I don't think we? Churchill dogs for the Nottingham Forest manager. You know the Churchill dog on the advert? Yeah. Frank Clark. Sure. Are these clues, or have you said the name of the manager? I haven't worked Frank, out. You know, Frank Clark, Nottingham Forest manager. And then Bill Lyle, who's the Ipswich manager, and Peter Taylor. Okay, I don't. I, some of those people I've never heard of. I'd never admit that Frank Clark took over from Brian Clough. I've heard of him. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, uh, Mark Hughes has lost his image Chelsea. Is he going to be complaining about refereeing 10 to 6 on Sunday evening? Even if they win? I think he probably would do, wouldn't he? Yeah, Can we sure. just talk about City Liverpool? Sorry? <laughs> we just get to City Liverpool. We did that earlier on. We have? We have. Oh, come on, yeah. let's we can go back to it. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up. Oh, we missed. I, I must be right. I missed. Okay, okay. Oh, no, no, that's fine. You can say quick. I will say that they've got Riyad Morris, haven't they? Um, and the last time Manchester City beat Liverpool at Anfield, there was an Algerian in their team there, um, Ali Benabia. Wow. He was a hell of a player as well. I've never yeah. known someone find such ex- Obscure <laughs> references and links to things to try and find meaning. Doesn't meaning. I just quite like the fact that well, it's because it's a step away from believing in horoscopes. Got <laughs> <laughs> just in two minutes. What to say on uh, Everton versus Manchester City? Uh, Liverpool versus Manchester yeah. City. Did, did really already cover it? I, I lost it for, for those who didn't. I went out, so the resets. Why I was gone for that? We did. I thought I professionally sort of carried on. You know, you sort I'm of sure you did, but I have now. I've broken the fall. <laughs> well, revealed the action. Adam did so well that you actually already gave your opinion. <laughs> Well, I don't have anything to add. Let's just see what happens. I mean, it's obviously the the, the uh, game of the weekend and it's one of the games of the season, and it's a place that City have not acquitted themselves well in, in recent seasons. So it'll be interesting to see if they can make the necessary adjustments to, to not get absolutely blown away and, and ruin it for the neutral within the first 15 minutes because they failed to do that on previous visits. But, but uh, I have to they do that anymore. They don't. You're, you're, you're correct. But and I, I wonder if... Uh, any, men- any mental scarring uh, that comes with with real slap from the city perspective, um, make them approach it like that's still the great greatest concern, and, and then they come with be a self fulfilling thing. So there's a lot of demons and ghosts for there. There's there's not a lot of good memories, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. As a certain podcast host never gave what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> and listen to you guys was like watching just a tennis match out emotionally across his face. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to lose, but then I always think we're going to. I think, yeah. listen to Justin, you could argue that a pop is a good uh, emotional, I don't know, reader of, of psychology play on that with City and, and know to come out swinging. There was a stand-up comedian about 20 years ago, I have to figure out, he talked about the five stages of drinking, uh, and at once you're arguing for AstroTurf, uh, and at the very next stage you spent 20 minutes going against her. I think Justin could do both equally. Justin, were you um, our debater? Objective. I like to think. <laughs> going to win by 8-0, right? No, I, I... Last season, I thought that, and it, it, it played out largely like that. So things are a little bit different this year, just a little bit. I I still think that... that um, I think the City are rounding into their best form still, and it'll be interesting to see... It'll be interesting to see if Mendy plays does with De Bruyne. Mm. Um, there is a hole at left back without without me, and it is something that Klopp certainly looks at. Wait. I'm going to play. Is it? Is it um, I don't either, but I don't know if Mansi, I've been awfully coy about this, so you never know whether it's uh, a trap. As a um, lap bar would say. 
Yeah, exactly. I was going to do voice <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> That's the thing. Having to make matter um, in the the recent games of Liverpool, they haven't made tactics in football matter. They they have been calmed by the occasion, and they've they've allowed. Um... Like you said, they've allowed them all to turn it into a slugging match mm-hmm. instead of a instead of a tactical boxing game. It's just a, a bare-knuckle fight in a pub. And, and that's why I think Mendy would be so so useful for them because he's their own, uh, you know, roundhouse knockout punch capability. And so uh, that would obviously help them even it up in, in, in those two, that kind of game. Them for it not to be anything like that at all. I just uh, to, to, to end the point. I just uh, to, to back up what Justin's saying there about about Man City as well is that um, the last couple of games been a uh, a shift in home from Guardiola post game. He's been much more happy with um, recent. So I think that evident even to Guardiola that Man City are playing well, and that's a man who will often like to try and his team fantastic performances. I will say one thing before we put um, Abra Lapbar. Okay, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> that is um, for the moment. So. Uh, we are part of the Man of the Post Facebook page of Man of the Post. Justin, have you liked us yet? I didn't know there was a Facebook page, so ah. no, I haven't liked them. Sorry, and I will. Okay. I you should have done fine. Good. I, I was out in the glory days because when it's set up. <laughs> uh, set up and then unused for the best. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't detract from the fact that I was there. Like all good Facebook pages. <laughs> um, okay, that's our um, Man, of the, Man of the Post social media platforms. You can download iTunes if you subscribe to us there. You can download through Acast if you follow and Stitcher as well. Um... I think there'll be a review show hopefully this weekend. Notice an extra show that's been going on, which is the European uh, football show with Scott and with James. So give that one a download as well. Because, uh, that's well worth a listen. Very much into their European football. Um, Jeff, is there an unusual efforts podcast this weekend? We're recording tomorrow at um, 11 Eastern Standard Time. We will be talking about the um, football in the past week. Okay, okay. Uh, you've got a lot of, a lot of questions in your over the last weeks, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, we ask people for suggestions for tomorrow as well. So if you have a list, except Thank for Adam, you. just, you know, tweet him. Uh, right. Jesse, if they want to ask you questions then, and that's going to be out on the pod, how do people do that? Um, they can tweet at Unusual Efforts or at, and I will do my best to answer. Adam, I only nice things after what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, listen, <laughs> I'm building up a really thick skin, so you're better. I'm... Okay. Don't, don't encourage them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they'll be listening to this anyway. Apart from the person that called us a bush in a podcast on our review. But, you know, ignore him. We're very pro-choice, so thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. We take that as a compliment. Adam, how do they follow you? Uh, one on Twitter. Okay. And Justin, how do they follow you? Uh, keepers underscore union. Excellent. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you ever so much for joining us. No worries. Excellent. And I'm going to keep your mother post. <laughs>